Everybody, want to welcome everybody back to the third day of Keep That Same Energy with the Rap Hippies. Yeah. Self-awareness week, man. We got a nice little panel discussion we about to get ready to jump into and talk. I got my co-host with me, Mr. AJ Samoma. Boy, I went and got his hair cut, got the floor <laughs> shirt on, got the glasses on. We about to have some fun today. AJ, take it away, my boy. All right, so let's get it started. Um, we're just going to talk a little bit about social justice tonight and, you know, where we're at, where we're going, and what we can do to help get to where we need to be. And um, since we are, first and foremost, a hip-hop publication, I think it's appropriate that the first question is, what should the role of hip-hop be, if any, in the movement? And do artists have an obligation to use their platform as an engine to help move that movement. And um, anybody can- We're gonna start with Taylor. All right. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, when it comes to responsibility, I feel like there is a certain point that artists do need to have, especially when you do have this platform. Um, I feel like a lot of people want, uh, especially music artists to kind of stay in this one box and only focus on certain aspects of their career. But if this affects you, AKA like Cardi B, who this affects, she's seeing people affected by it and she's you know, speaking out about it. I feel like it is important for artists to kind of, if they feel truly, truly passionate about it, to definitely speak on, you know, how we can move forward as a people and, you know, notice that this is happening to us as a people. Yeah. Desi? I'll go. Um, yeah, I agree. I think, um, I do think, I don't think we should like really hold them to a standard like you must say something, but I do think they should have some type of responsibility or know that they have a platform and that they speak to the masses and that they are influenced, like they, they're an influencer. So a lot of people are influenced by their what they say, like what they do, for example, with Diddy, um, like with Vote or Die and things like that. Like there was a lot of people that fell behind him just because um, it was Diddy, like, you know, or anything else and like, Tay was saying like Cardi B is doing the same thing. So I do think um, as black and, and as hip hop for black people, that is our culture. So that is what we look at. That is what we look, you know, for anything in any aspect. So I do think that some artists should, I don't think we should like be like, you need to, you have to type thing, but it it, it, it would be a good responsibility of theirs. like. Kanye West right now, I don't think he's being very responsible. See, that's why I was saying you got to be careful. That's why I was like, yeah. it's a line because you do have such a platform and you have to just be very careful with how you say and portray certain mm -hmm. things, especially to the youth. Right. Like, a lot of people are ignorant to this. So right. if you do their favorite rapper and this is how you come in, they're going to idolize that and go for that. And exactly. So it's a line. It is yeah. a lot. Yeah. yeah. Rappers. I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit. So we don't agree with what Kanye is saying right now, right? But he's saying something. Like whether we it aligns with our views or not, he is speaking out. That is and, true. That which is, true. is exactly what, you know, we want from hip hop artists or any type of artist. You know, we, somebody out there, like some hip hop fans agree with what Kanye is saying. And you you do have that like kind of sort of like responsibility because you're in the limelight to say something. So 
I don't, I'm, I mean, I can think, I speak for everybody when I say, we don't agree with what Kanye is saying, but he's definitely uh, using his voice, which is kind of what we expect people in the limelight to do. So um, I definitely think it's important if you're, if you're in that spotlight to say something and stand up for something and whether we want to admit it, some people might not align with our views. And maybe at that point is when we're like, uh, maybe you should shut up. But at the same time, it's like, I mean, this is what we're asking for. But then it comes to a point where it's like, if you're not aligning with our views, you need to shut up. So it's kind of it's kind of a double-edged sword sometimes. Yeah. I agree. I definitely agree. People have like such a large platform and also just going back to what Taylor said about the youth, like the youth is so easily influenced. So you can't just be spreading misinformation around exactly. and they're going to run with it. Like people are making TikToks, people are making YouTube videos, people are on Twitter all the time, just putting out the wrong information. And then on top of that, they're not even people who are seeing this stuff is not even looking deeper into it on top of that. So it's propaganda. You got to be careful. Yeah. You're literally getting the face value of everything. So I definitely think that artists do need to step up, take that responsibility. If they truly feel that don't do it just to gain clout or don't do it. Just do it out the goodness of your heart at the end of the day. If you truly feel some type of way about this, then speak up and use your voice, use your platform, because you know you're reaching people with it. So a, a part of me is like on the fence, like conflicted about the whole idea. So like, I remember when ASAP Rocky was promoting At Long Last ASAP, he was, he made the whole album in Europe and he started his promotion in Europe. He was asked about um, police brutality and he got flack for his answer. He said, I haven't been in the States. I don't know what's going on. I'm not thinking about it. And you know, we as a community really went, went hard on him for that. And my first reaction was to be upset by it. But, you know, the more I started thinking, I was like, do I even really want to hear what ASAP Rocky has to say about the topic? You know what I mean? So in, in a weird way, I respected his honesty, but at the same time, flash forward two to three years, he gets arrested um, in a racial incident in a foreign country and, you know, we rallied behind him. So it's like the same man who was saying, you know, I don't care about these issues. They don't affect me. You know, the world has a weird way of bringing it right to his face to the point where he was imprisoned wrongfully. So how, how do you feel about that? Like artists that have, you know, juxtaposing views or different views or just say flat out that they don't want to participate. How does that make you guys feel? It's the where is Ja feel. Yeah. <laughs> where is Ja? Personally, I don't care about what Ja Rule feels like because I think sometimes we put, we forget that these people are just like regular people too. You feel me? So it's very funny when we like want to know so bad what Cardi B thinks. And not to say that she's not like out here advocating she's, and she's saying some real stuff, but it's like, why do we give people that have, that are in the spotlight more, so much more credibility? Some of these people, and I'm not going to say on names, some of these people are, are stupid. Like, they don't know. I, perfect example. 
me, Desi T, and Tayday went to an event with a very, I'm not going to say his name, but with a very, like, big rapper. And Say his name. I'm not going to say his name, but <laughs> just, let's just say that he chases dreams. And he, somebody asked him about uh, Brett Kavanaugh. Remember when that was going on? Yeah. And he was turning to people like, Who's that? So like you, yeah, they got money. Yeah, they got cars and all that. But just because they are so like popular and and a celebrity, don't mean that it, it doesn't give them the credible right to to like you look at them for your political views. I've never understood that. I've never understood that. And Dave Chappelle hit it on the net, like when they were like, "I'm gonna speak with Ja Rule about what's going on right now." He's like, "No offense to Ja Rule, but." I'm not trying to hear from him right now. So it's like, it's like, uh, consider the source. Kyle, I got a question though. Yeah. Not to take it off music too much, but do you feel the same thing about LeBron when they say that he's speaking out and then they put him in the box like, oh, just play basketball? Do you feel like he's a more influential celebrity and that's why you let him get away with it versus Ja Rule saying something about it? I feel like if you're educated enough to speak on it, speak on it if you're okay. not why are you talking you're just you're just a celebrity same thing with killer mike killer mike can speak all day because he's educated i i'm not necessarily looking at migos to to speak about the and like taking their <laughs> taking their word as like as the bible because i mean unless unless they're educated you never know unless they're educated on whatever the policy is then I'll listen to them. You never know. But at the same time, I think people think just because you're a celebrity, your word holds more weight than everybody else's in all aspects. I'm more inclined to listen to um, listen to Jeezy about how to make like the best song or make business decisions like within music or branding or whatever than policies that are affecting my my everyday life. Yeah, you know I mean? so people need to consider the source sometimes. All right, well, before we get into our next question, real quick, AJ, if you're just now tuning in, we got a couple people viewing in and stuff like that. This is Keep That Same Energy Self Awareness Week with the Rap Hippies. Uh, my apologies, I forgot to let everybody introduce themselves at the beginning. So, real quick, we can go around the room, everybody just highlight your name, what you do, what uh, the rap hippies, and all that kind of stuff. We're gonna start with Desiree. Uh, what's up, y'all? It's Desi T. I am uh, one of the co-founders of The Rap Hippies. Um, keep that same energy, man. We're just trying to be here and keep the conversation going, even if the timeline looks, it come back to normal and media is dwindling and the conversation is not there. Our platform is here to keep that same energy and keep talking about the things that need to be talked about uh, for our community. So, yeah. The co-founder? Yeah, go ahead, Kyle. Oh, I didn't know if it was the same. Order. Everyone is, you can go by your Everybody's is different, Kyle. Everybody's um, is different. <laughs> so, K-High Socks, um, the other co-founder. And honestly, this is the type of thing that me and Desi T always wanted was stuff like this. You know, we love music. We love, um, you know, lyrics and all that stuff. But we also love the community. We love talking about um, all kinds of topics like this. So... Uh, to kind of have it go full circle and shout out to everybody that was a part of this. 
because now we're actually getting to talk because believe it or not, as much as Desi T and I have opinions on um, who's better, Nas or Jay-Z, we also have opinions on like um, policies and we disagree on stuff. We agree on stuff. We give examples, stuff like that. So um, yeah, I'm loving this. Keep that same energy. Taylor? Uh, hey, I'm Tayday. Um, I am a producer. I help produce content for social media, the website, everything to do with electric music, really just trying to be a helping hand to really, you know, be an influential part in a community, you know what I'm saying? Us coming together, being young, being creatives, and just trying to make it out here. I'm really glad to be a part of something that's really going to make a movement, so. Nay. Nay. Hi, <laughs> I am Nay the Goat, and I am the social media intern for The Rap Hippies. Um, and I'm just glad we're bringing back the conversations that need to be had. Like, I'm glad we're using our platform to spread um, good information and good resources and trying to get these talks back happening with our own little community, you know, with our own um audience so i'm glad to be here and i'm glad to be keeping that same energy with all of y'all and i hope y'all enjoy what we got for the rest of the week too my boy bishop uh, you are on mute still on mute he's oh. not on mute though he's not on mute though i can't hear him mm -mm. Mm -mm. that boost mobile okay let's go to stop Let's go to AJ while Bishop figures out. All right. My name is AJ. I'm a photographer, sometimes a graphic designer, sometimes a writer, always a rap nerd. And um, just like the rest of the rap hippies, I'm very excited that we're using our platform to, um, you know, find solutions to have important conversations and to spread awareness. So, you know, keep that same energy. Boom. And uh, I am C to the J, a.k.a. Mr. Network, a.k.a. Mr. Never Not Working, um, producer, personality, DJ. I do a little bit of everything. Um, my girl, Desi T, you know, brought me on with the Rap Hippies, uh, introduced me to Kyle. We've been clicking up since then. I'm a battle rap junkie with my boy Bishop, AJ as yeah, well. Man. So uh, I love to, talk, love to talk hip hop, definitely battle rap, anything music. I'm, I'm with it. I appreciate everybody tuning in right now, man. We're going to keep that same energy because um, this is a very deep conversation that needs to continue to be had. Uh, this conversation has to continue to be had. we got to continue to apply this pressure, not just in the music entity, but around the world, period, no matter what it is. Bishop, you straight over there now? Can y'all hear me? Yes. yes. Oh, shit. I'm, my bad. Um, what's up? My name's Sir Bishop. I write articles for the uh, for the website from time to time and any other miscellaneous tasks Desi and Kyle need from me. Um, really dope to be here on this panel discussion, uh, keeping the same energy, man. Boom, there it is. Well, with that being said, we're going to go ahead and jump back into our panel discussion. AJ, what we got? All right. So as everybody knows, you know, these issues have been on the public conscious since the tragic murder of George Floyd several months ago. And one of the main issues that keeps getting brought up, not just now, but throughout our history in America is the issue of um, police brutality and mm -hmm. you know, just our general interactions with police and our relationship. 
Research done by the Pew Research Center suggests that 65% of African Americans have been approached suspiciously by cops, as opposed to 25% of white adults. And the Washington Post, who's been keeping statistics on police murders since the year 2015, because our government refuses to, has found that although we make up 13% of the population, we are, are involved in officer-involved fatal shootings more than two times more than our white counterparts. So what should our relationship with the police be? Is there room for healing? And what do you guys think next actionable steps should be in that process? Um, so I'll say this, uh, what our relationship with the police should be, for me personally, I feel that the people who are who police our neighborhoods should be from our neighborhoods. They should live in our neighborhoods and interact with the people who live in the neighborhoods that they're policing. There's no reason I should live in Duluth, Georgia, and I my neighbor is a police officer from Clayco, driving there every day faithfully. That makes no sense to me, but you live out here. I feel like, and so I feel like what their relationship looks like is a person who is not only from the community, knows the community, and so knows how to police the community accordingly. It's, kind of hard to police a community of people that don't look like you, you can't relate to, you don't know any of the issues or anything that's affecting them. All you know is whatever training that you've had in the six, eight weeks of the police academy and then now they give you a badge and a gun and you got to go out here and police people in a situation where you're given authority where you can literally kill somebody and at your discretion and get away with it. And so for me, it's more so a standpoint, it's kind of hard to do things like that when you know the person that you're pulling over. It's kind of, it, you're a little less, you, to me, you're less, you're less likely to shoot nubs the crackhead because you've grown up from him. You went to school with his sister, you know his mama, his, his auntie, the candy lady in the neighborhood. Like, you got a little more compassion. Like, for me, it's, it's, it's more so about the education and training of these officers and then really building those relationships in our communities because we as a community have a stigma on what their relationship with the, with the police looks like due to how we've been treated in this country. And so I think going forward, there needs to be programs or some kind of implementation of community outreach between the community and the police and working together on what that looks like. Because at the end of the day, you live here, we live here too. You hear your job is to protect and serve us. You know, we, your, your salary coming out of our tax dollars. Like at the end of the day, you want to be, you just as human as the rest of us. And people lose sight of that. So yeah, I'll just say that. Add on to that? Yeah. All right, so this is the West Coast Secret Hickman LA. You know, thank you to Rap Hippies for having me. Um, I really agree with what you said though. Um, from a personal experience, one of my homies is in the LAPD, right? Mm -hmm. And we, we, we always talk about when shit goes down. And um, luckily, he's one of those guys who came from the community that he's patrolling, right? So mm -hmm. he's able to, like you said, like distinguish the bullshit from like niggas who really need to go to jail. Like his whole thing is getting gangs off the street. So he don't mm -hmm. care about like, weed he don't care about speeding he let niggas go all the time he trying to chase the, the niggas who out here robbing and killing other niggas exactly. and it's 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 even a, a perfect example one of my homies nacho his his uh, little cousin start banging mm. my homie found him tagging up on the walls and all this shit so as they was arresting him he stepped up he was like 
wait, you Nacho, you Nacho uh, nephew, right? He was like, yeah. He was like, all right. He told his boys to back up his little patrol boys, and he was like, all right, bro, just go home. Like, leave the shit alone. Like, stop tripping. Just go home. We gonna let you go. Just off the simple fact that he grew up with the homie, you know. So you're you're 100 right. And they'll put a dude in the system like that over some tagging. Next thing you know, they're going to pull up all his priors. They're going to put him in some bullshit or in some general population where he getting no more shit. And then, you know, they just they tank you up in the system. So I, I just wanted to say that she was 100% right. And, and that's how that shit really goes when you see a reflection of yourself in these people rather than these, these motherfuckers who don't live in the same place. They can't see themselves in these motherfuckers and they just got guns drawn. So that was a right. good point. The... Um... To kind of piggyback off of that, off of what Hickman just said, um, in LA, they have a thing called gang injunctions. Yep. And what it is, like, uh, for example, like what you were saying, let's say he was tagging or whatever, and they arrested him. They would not charge him as an individual. They would charge him as a member of that gang. Right. And that tags on like 20 so odd, like some odd years. And that's uh, that's another thing that he kind of just saved him from because gang injunctions are very real in LA County, very real. So um, that that's I feel like that is a another another way that they target, you know, because they know who in gangs, they know who's like like majority in gangs out in LA, and you know, it's and it's people of color. So that's. Um, that's another reason why you always want to, like both of you guys said, just patrol the the neighborhoods that you're familiar with, because you know what it is, and you know what happens when they lock them up for right. a little tagging, how much more they could put on it. So, okay. what would you guys say to the people who want to um, defund or you know just dismantle the institution? I see no opposition to it. From so for me, I'll say this: my understanding of when I hear defund the police, to me that says let's take a look at the police budget, let's see what unnecessary spending is going on, and let's move money away from that, and let's move those resources to other public programs that we can use, such as healthcare, education, public parks infrastructure, whatever it may be. To me, that's what defund the police says. Now, obviously, in the political climate that we, we're in, people hear defund the police and it's automatic propaganda. That's what it's gonna do. But I'm me personally, I'm all for it because it makes all the sense. There's no reason in the world police should have military-grade equipment because military got a whole stockpile and the surplus of equipment that they ain't got nothing to do with, so they finna sell it to our local police at a discount. And they like, all right, bet, we can use this. All right, cool. We don't need a tank, but it's cheap. Why, the, why not? Let's get one. And then you wonder why protests and stuff happen and you police look like full-blown military. I, I, me personally, I, no, nah, I'm, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, I do think um, we have to find a way to switch up that narrative that when we say defund the police, it doesn't mean like completely take it away. Like it just means look at the funds that they currently have and let's try to allocate that somewhere else where it's needed in our neighborhoods and the education and the medical, you know, and in all of the other things that will make our community a lot better that we are lacking. So I guess 
we have to figure out how can we change that narrative or how can we even change that thought process of when us as a community say defund the police, we're not completely against, you know, taking the police, um, you know, completely taking them away. It's just a matter of let's find some other ways of using these funds and all of these bonuses that y'all are giving them. Because in Atlanta, when we had that whole situation where they decided to do their own protest after the, um, Rayshard's situation, they ended up giving them like $500 bonuses just for them to come back on the clock. And they were just letting shit ride. Like, let's find somewhere somewhere else to put that money. So I think we, for us next, we have to figure out how we can change the narrative of defund the police. Yeah, I was gonna say, um, just with the given history of where police stem from, um, coming from overseers to now who is supposed to protect and serve our communities and whatnot, like we have to defund and we have to dismantle that entire what am i trying to say like that entire structure because it's based from i don't know what i'm trying to say like you know what i'm trying to say like it's based from a bad place in our times like yeah, it's based like, from slavery from, so yeah they used to like capture the slaves like that's yeah so it's like, nothing to, yeah. yeah it's nothing but an evolved version of that from to now so i think we do need to instill some type of programs that test people's mental state before going in there first and foremost definitely taking out the military equipment because you're right bishop why do we need military equipment at a protest but what who was protesting the republicans were protesting having to wear a mask not being able to go outside and they had guns and although the police officers just was without um protection of themselves but we were peacefully protesting the whole time so before i start ranting about that yeah it's just it comes from a place that was never for us in the first place. So that's why we're fighting so hard to defund the police. I do think the police need better training, like as far as de-escalating situations, um, when they talk to people, because a lot of people may have mental issues and they may not be aware of it. You know, everything, Rashad Brooks, that whole situation could have been different. Um, I know there are different views on both ends as far as, because we've watched the video and we've seen it, but there could have been something differently that could have happened in, in multiple situations we have seen police officers just automatically be aggressive and i do think they do need a little bit more training and sometimes you don't i don't i mean i don't know what the training process is but it, from my understanding it's not that long i got you i got you too 21 i think it was 21 weeks of uh a police academy with an additional 12 weeks of training and mm -hmm. then they are like on beat for three years before they can actually move up or like for another position for a different unit. So 12, yeah. literally 12 weeks after you come out of the police academy is training. You, yeah, you're, you're in training in, in the field um, to that point, because I actually have family that's within law enforcement. So kind of going to that point, then you also look at certain countries around the world, you have to have a four year college university degree just to get accepted into university. And, other countries in the world just to be a police officer. You have to have a four-year degree to just get into the academy and then you just have to go through another however many years and then still do training before you even become, before you even get your badge and you're in the field. And so when you talk about training and education, um, it, play, it plays a huge role. And then you also factor in the amount of stress in the situations police officers find themselves in like there's a certain level of mental fortitude that you have to have to have that position. And I, yeah. And so like the amount of training that these officers are having 
is not enough time to like I really think that mental evaluation should be a part of that process because like you have a lot of power there's a lot of power that comes with that badge and that gun and there's also a lot of responsibility that comes with it and you have to know how to use it respond you have to know how to use it accordingly well they they get they they supposedly get the mental and like very thorough mental evaluations before they even selected to go to the police academy i think the thing is after the police academy, after the training, well, the training should definitely be longer than 12 weeks, in my, yeah. in my opinion. But I don't know exactly what their de-escalation training is, but that definitely needs to be, like, something longer than whatever it is. Because currently, just off of the unarmed people being shot and yeah. those situations not being de-escalated, I would say, in the best way, without someone dying, definitely a black person, we see it differently when a white person gets pulled over. He can be having a whole M16 in, in his back trunk. You know what I'm saying? And, hey, all right, see, see you later, Johnny. You know what I'm saying? Where black person could be just grabbing their phone and now they got two to the chest, yeah. which they're well, trained to shoot center mass. I think that's yeah. an issue in itself. And to your point about being trained to shoot center mass and you mentioned um, not knowing as far as de-escalation training, what that looks like. I think I was watching, um, I think it was the daily show with Trevor Noah and he was kind of getting into this uh, subject. And they was talking about how like a lot of times as far as training or de-escalation tactics, officers are taught to react first and then ask questions later. And so you wonder why you end up in these situations where they don't know what's going on and they just, all of a sudden they just reacting and they don't, and you just messed around and killed somebody versus taking the time to go through your actual de-escalation training. I've also seen videos of officers. Um, it was one of, I, I can't remember where it was, but like throughout the whole video, like people are surrounding the situation and instigating it, making it worse than it needs to be. And yet the officer interacting with the person is like, like, no, like, fuck them. This is between you and I. Like, let's, let's, like, calm down. Like, damn all of that. Are you good? You're good. I'm not hurting you. Are you okay? And so, you know, but as far as that particular officer having the fortitude and wherewithal and mental training to, like, de-escalate the situation that he is, like, there needs to be more implementation of that, whatever that looks like. And I think it also goes off of the individual that's the police officer as well. Some, some are good. Some are bad. Some are some just straight dickheads. I'm not gonna lie, and yeah. <laughs> but some of them, some of them, re- reason why they even became police officers because b- for that power that they that, that they have with that badge, they were probably mm-hmm. like you know what I'm saying the ones that got beat up or bullied in school, and now yeah. that power helps them feel you know what I'm saying superior. Oh yeah, it's a power trip. And it's a power trip. It's a, another thing that happens, like just like any other organization, you know, in the country or whatever, unfortunately, some of these people just get in through some buddy-buddy shit, you know, through some frat boy, through some I know Jim and John, and you know, like, these people who are at top that see that this motherfucker isn't going to carry out that same agenda. So that's why you have situations like Christopher Donor, who... Um, you know, he tries to go to his superiors and, and they yeah. flush him out of the system to the point where he just starts killing people, people directly to the force, you know. Or I don't know if you guys saw that dude on TikTok, the guy who was talking about how 
Um, the George Floyd situation could have been de-escalated. They, mm-hmm. they ran him off of duty for three months and they just fired him off mm-hmm. of the investigation on his TikTok just for breaking down why it was so bad. So mm-hmm. a lot of these a lot of these dickheads are just in because other dickheads need them in. You know what I mean? And that, that's why you get these unions where that like the guy who uh, pushed that old guy and busted the back of his head open, his whole department dipped out and was like, we're not going to come back until his, until y'all give him his job back. Mm-hmm. So it's like this whole buddy, buddy, like we going, we going to keep it alive type shit is a, is a, is a bad hindrance. You know what I mean? And it's hard for people who want to make change, even make change, you know? That's true. AJ, what you got for us? Personally, I think um, the issue is, it goes back to what CJ was saying about like, you know, a a white person in this fictional scenario could have like an M16 and a black person reaches for his phone and is seen as a threat. I think that's the root of the issue. It's, um, It's a human issue. We're not seen as human. If you watch these videos, which honestly I stopped several years ago. Um, So I did not watch the George Floyd video. I saw stills of it, but you could look in that guy's face and see that he did not have his neck on a man. He had his neck, his, his foot on a, on a inferior being. You know what I mean? I think these issues, we could do all the deescalation training we want, right? But if these people don't first see us as human, then they're going to treat us as not human. I think like everything else, it's just, it's, it's a black and white issue. We never reconciled with the fact that a unified police front was started to capture free slaves. We, we never reconciled with that. So everything we're seeing is the reverberations from, you know, 200 year old actions. And until we're able to say that publicly, until they're able to admit that that's the truth, then this, this system will never work. We could put Band-Aids everywhere, but a Band-Aid can't heal a broken leg. You know what I mean? A Band-Aid won't heal what it ain't meant to. Excuse me? A Band-Aid won't heal what it ain't meant to. Exactly. The system can't heal and fix itself for those it ain't designed for. Exactly. Exactly. And does anybody have any, um, you know, final statements on this before we move on to the next question? All right. So um, moving on, um, you know, not all of us were called to be activists. Not all of us were called to be in the field every day, but a lot of us feel that we should still do something to help this movement. So what do you guys think the role of the average person should be in these times? Nay. Can you repeat? I don't understand the question. Can you repeat it one more time? So what do you think an average person should be doing in their everyday life? So sign petitions. (laughs) Like use your own. Even if you don't have a lot of followers, just you can gain traction through hashtags. Like just use your platform, use what you've got, go out there and still protest. Like you may not see it up and down the TL. It may not be on CNN anymore, but protests are still being had everywhere. Like I just, on my way to work a few days ago, there was a lady holding a black lives matter 
by herself holding a Black Lives Matter poster at eight o'clock in the morning at an intersection on Peace Street Industrial. Just by herself, like you can go out there even if you don't see it, like literally keep that same energy until we start seeing something change. Like enough with the painting the Black Lives Matter roads, enough with all of that trying to just, oh, here you go. Is this enough? We can't do everything, but here's enough. Here you go. So I just think people need to just do what they can and of course you can't go out and talk in front of a rally of a thousand people. You don't have that space to do that. But what you can do is you can record a, a minute video and put it on your Instagram. What you can do is try to encourage your family members that kind of see things a little different to, differently to open their eyes and see what the world is today. Those friends, encourage them to reshare some posts. Like It's the little things. They don't have to do anything major. Literally. Talk to your family. I know so many people who are like, you know, first generation even understanding this. Even though we're Black people, we probably just been dealing with it. I have other friends of other races who don't have these talks with their families, who don't really sit with their grandparents and their great uncles and their aunts and their cousins to really get down to it until now. So I would just say personally, talk to your family. Talk to the closest people by you and really understand their mindsets on this. Because I've had a lot of friendships or associates that I've had to pull back from behind this and I've seen for it. The unfollows have been happening on Instagram. Like period. I don't you got if you're gonna be for me, be for me and be for us. You know what I'm saying? So educate your family and educate your friends, please. The closest people to you. Yeah, I think just following up with all of this, um, it kind of goes back to the conversation we had with Asia yesterday. Like what the average person can do is just donate um, to local organizations that you know that's out here trying to make a difference, go to these local council meetings to make these demands and stuff like that and really step on our local people's neck and making sure that we, um, everything that we want like locally is actually getting done. So I think the average person and that that's easy, like that's to just go on the internet and Google your city and what may be happening because they do have to put up when they have those meetings amongst, you know, the board and stuff like that with the school board and X, Y, and Z. And so um, it's just the email addresses are out there. If you want to ask them something, if you want to say something, you know, the phone numbers and the addresses, the emails, I think the average person can't do that if you're not the one to be on the forefront and outside protesting because all of us are not aggressive and like you know wanting to be doing all that that sometimes it is okay to be on the back end and 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 find it in a different type of way instead of being in that crowd and taking in that particular energy that's out there because that energy is a lot different when you're out there protesting and stuff like that versus when you're at home and just easy you know able to send out an email or a phone call or share something or i think now it is easy to reach the masses more because of social media and the internet and things of that nature. So you just have, don't feel, I think the average person should also not feel pressured to have to be out there to protest and um, be extra loud on the internet or anything like that. There are subtle ways that we can continue to make a difference. Talking to family, as, as Tay said, um, continuing to stop like hate speech, you know, um, you hear anybody say anything. If you're comfortable enough to be like, no, that's not right. This is what needs to be done. Then, you know, feel free to speak up and say that and change that person's perspective. And it, you never know what difference you can make with just that one person that you speak up to. 
True. Anybody? I was um I would just say um in regards to what the average person um should do. Um and maybe this is a little cynical in me, um, maybe this is a little pessimistic in me, but at this stage, my mindset is either do something or shut the fuck up and get out of the way. Um the way I look at it, you got a problem with the way people with the way police are treating us, do something about it. Organize and do something about it or shut the fuck up. We've been complaining for years. Complaining ain't did nothing. All complaining is going to do is get us a couple of headlines, get a couple of Black Lives Matter, a couple of murals, a couple of streets, some ads, a couple of Netflix specials, and that's cool. And it's going to appease people, and they're going to shut up and go on about their day. Same way it happens every single time. So if you're not going to do nothing about it, shut up and accept it and get out the way. And like I said, maybe that's a little cynical and pessimistic in my end, but like, and maybe I'm just jaded just because like I'm tired of seeing this stuff constantly over and over again. I'm tired of hearing people like, I'm tired of seeing, having to see black lives matter. I'm tired of having to see black trans lives matter. I'm tired of having to see protect black women. I'm tired of having to see that constantly. And yet we all know at the end of the day in the world that we live in currently, it's not gonna change. So if you're not gonna do nothing to really implement change, shut up and get out the way. Because all you're doing is complaining. And I know that that sounds really jaded and really messed up. And that's a really dark mindset to have in. And it's really unfortunate to have that mindset. And really think about it. Like when you really think about it, that's an unfortunate mentality to have about all of this. But if I'm being completely honest, because y'all are the homies, that's where I'm at with it. Like if you're not, if you're not gonna police your own communities and hold the police accountable yourself, like you say you from this set and you willing to die about this. If you're not willing to police your community yourself and protect your community yourself, shut up and get out the way. I don't want to hear none of that. I don't, I don't want to. Going back to the first question, which was um, what obligations do, art, do I feel artists have and what role um, does hip hop play? In all honesty, I feel like artists have no obligation to speak on issues from the standpoint of your art is a reflection of your mentality and what you're thinking. To me, for me personally, music and art is a reflection of the time. And so if the issues at the time is what's on your mind, it's what your art reflects, by all means, talk about it. But if you're not educated to talk about them issues and what's going on, shut up and get out the way because you're messing up progress and you're messing up the message. Get out the way. If your, if your lane is to make feel-good music that gets people through these dark times and they don't have to think about this messed up world that we live in, and you got to make some music for someone to shake their ass to just so they can get through it, so be it. Play your position and do it. But that does not mean you are obligated to speak on anything. I think there's a social expectation that comes from society, but I don't think that there is a, a moral obligation from artists, if that makes sense. Gotcha. Well, if you're just now tuning in, man, um, this is Keep That Same Energy panel discussion with the Rap Hippies. Self-Awareness Week, uh, we've been rolling since Monday. It's our third day rolling. Um, I am C to the J, one half of your host for tonight. I have my brother AJ with me. He is hosting as well. Um, AJ, what we got next? All right. So um, I think we've touched on social media a bit, but um, with social media being so prevalent, a lot of these sour encounters with the police, a lot of these fatal encounters with the police have been filmed, they've, put on, they've been put on the internet, they've been on TV, just because it's so easy for somebody to grab a phone and videotape or photograph anything. 
because of this, I, I don't have data to support it, but I felt a lot more support from white and non people of color. So with these people joining in and needing to be educated, what should the role of white and non people of color people be in the movement and how should they use their privilege to help? Okay, go, Desi T. Uh, Kyle, Kyle, then we're going to go to Desi. Oof. Yeah, I'm going to show no, Go ahead, Desi. Ladies. Um, <laughs> I just feel like <laughs> educate your Like, I, I feel like we already have a lot going on that it is hard for me to sit here and tell you what you need to do because it is just like all of this stuff is ethically wrong and morally wrong. And if you cannot see that, that's a problem. And I just want you to, there are so many resources out there. If we have to, as black people, as we're in PWIs and in HBCUs, and we have hella books that's telling us about our history and about, you know, how we're being treated and X, Y, and Z, then motherfucker, it's out there for you as well. Like go out there and learn something and un really try to understand where we coming from. And I do get that they want to ask questions and they really want to see, but it's just so much to unpack that a one conversation and, and you going back to make a change is going to be a little bit hard, at least for me. And so when my uh, white friends or other you know, friends come to me and ask me things. It, it is kind of hard for me to try to tell them what to do. It's just really like educate yourselves. And when you do finally get to that point of really understanding where we're coming from, continue that conversation with your other white friends and your family members so that it can trickle down and you can get them to understand. And that is where a change can come so that it can become some type of domino effect. So I get kind of frustrated because we already as black people go through enough. Like why do I have to now? I have to educate you. Oh, uh, here we go. Like now I, but it's so much. Like I went to a PWI and I made sure I still, I still made sure that I went to my African-American study classes, like a part of my electives. Like I made sure so that I could really grasp and really understand and know and, and, you know, can have things like this and talk about it. And there are resources out there for them to do the same thing. I feel like at this point, if you're asking the, asking me how you can help, you're just, trying to stay ignorant to the situation because it's not like it's out here it's not like we haven't been saying these things for years even before social media it's not like we haven't been saying these things for years like you're just choosing to stay ignorant by saying well what can i do it's like what do you mean what can you do you know what Speak up. i don't i i slightly disagree with you Nay, because if they are asking are they really trying to stay ignorant or are they trying to be somewhat aware? I understand that like the information is out there, but so is things about science. Things about science are on Google, but we still gotta go to science class. Like to, sometimes we have to, sometimes like it takes that one person and, and I, I wanna start a campaign called for white people called grab a white. So if you, if you know, if you're a white person that is quote unquote woke, <laughs> grab a white and talk to somebody else. Talk to somebody else about what's going on because what's happening is they are, um, they're reaching out to you because they feel comfortable, like, you know, like kind of under radar, like, hey, you know, like, what does this mean? I'll, I'll give you a perfect example. I was um, flying from Seattle 
and my uh, my boss, okay, she's a, like a 40-year-old white lady. She asked me, she was like, um, she said one of her friends was talking about, uh, on Facebook, was talking about going to protests, it's right after George Floyd, going to protests and things like that. And um, she's like, and she does so much. And people are like, well, you should do more. You should do more. And we talked about it a little bit, but then it went into the conversation I felt like it was about to go into, which was, she's like, so have you ever felt like, you know, um, have you ever had any run-ins with the police? And like, how do you feel like um, about the police? And I asked her, you know, think about it like this. If you had to, if you were in trouble, let's say somebody was breaking in your house, if you had to second guess calling the police, think about that feeling. Or like, have you ever had to, cause I'm sure all our parents had to, have you ever had like to tell your kids, like have a conversation about what happened when you come in an officer, you know? And she was like, well, you know, I just like to know these things cause I don't want to be a Karen. Yeah, by the way, like this is before they knew that they were Karens. I was like, oh, wow, she knows she's a Karen. But she's like, uh, I don't want to be a Karen or anything. But, you know, she's she was very ignorant to the fact. But we had that conversation, and I made sure she knew where I was coming from. So, and I hope she grabs a white and talks to them about, like, the conversation. Because I also feel like, and me and Desi T had this conversation recently, too, I don't know if right now in 2020 with everything going on, I don't know if there's anything white people can do to appease us right now. I don't know, like, because we, like, they might be marching with us, but then we like, what you really out here for? Where your phone at? Like, are you taking pictures? Or like, what's your, what's your real motive? Or if they not out there, like, oh, you ain't out here marching. Or if they're not uh, making their social media uh, picture black, like, are you really for us? But like, um, but if they ask us questions about like, hey, how are you? Like, do we kind of look at that as pandering? You feel me? Like, it's, it's, I don't know if there's anything they can do right right now. Just being honest, like, what, what, I mean, what can white people do right, right? I feel like I'm saying white. What can white people do right, right now? Because they, they ask can just not good enough. That they, they, they can dismantle institutional racism, but they're not going to. Yeah, that's, but, what they, yeah that's what they could do to make it right, but they're yeah. not going to. Because to do that, that would shatter their everything that they know, everything that they believe about America now becomes a lie. Your bubble, your bubble is burst. Everything you know, everything you've been taught your whole life now becomes a lie. Everything you once held in high regard in this beautiful dream of Bishop, America. I didn't catch what you said to, uh, in the beginning. You said they could do what? I said, um, as far as what they could do to make things right, they could dismantle the institutions of racism that still plague this country. They could actually take the time from a systematic standpoint to address and, yeah, they could really, that could really be done. If, we, if we're really talking about how to get stuff done, if we're really talking about making progress as a, as a people within this country, you want to talk about like organizing a political movement and like really rallying and really pushing issues for us and making the political like that can be done. The problem is from a societal standpoint, it's not happening. Um, just from the standpoint of like the foundations of this country won't allow it to. It won't. No matter how you slice and dice it, 
It's co-entail programs that literally was designed specifically to dismantle and completely eradicate the Black Panther Party, which was about nothing more than our rights, free lunch programs and protecting us, systematically destroyed by our government. So let's not act like, you know what I mean? Like we know what this country was built on. We know what it, we know what it would actually take to get rid of something. It's just a matter of will it get done? No. It won't. And so from a standpoint of these conversations, for me, when my white peers come to me and have these conversations to me, it's like, what's the point in having knowledge if you're not going to do anything with it? Now you know what's going on. Okay, what are you going to do with this knowledge? Because you see what's going on. You've, you've asked me about it. I've given you the information. What are you going to do about it? Are you going to go educate someone? Are you going to organize and attack these uh, attack these institutions. No? Then what's the point of you asking me about it? And I've had that conversation several times over the last few months. Like, it is what it is, so like, don't even waste your time apologizing to me. Been living this life all my life. It ain't nothing new. I appreciate it, but again, what's the point of having knowledge if you ain't gonna do nothing with it? Yeah, that's true. True. I agree. Sorry if I got like heavier, like. Bishop, dark. just keep going on. It's okay. You good, Bishop? You straight? Yeah, no. you was, you was, you was going ham. <laughs> nah, cause like you don't. Nah, cause like again, just like for me personally, like just between, I got a lot of again, Desi. You know how it is at Kennesaw going at a PWI. Like for me, I have friends on both sides, so I have a lot of white people hitting me up. Like, hey, what's up? I got people sending me DMs on IG. Hey, sorry about what's going on, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, I mean, that's cool and all, but like, your apology ain't changing nothing. It ain't doing nothing for me. So what's the point? Of, like, I appreciate it. You trying to comfort me, but like, my nigga, you not doing nothing for me. Like, so what's the point? Like, and so like, I really been like going through this like a lot lately, like, so sorry if this turned into a therapy session. I just needed it. You good, brother? Now you good. Okay, so before we um yeah. Anybody else was a little um, back actually, from our guess we had. Okay. No. We have no. a we have a question in the chat. Yeah, I was just finna get jump to that, AJ. Oh, okay. Um, All right, you wanna go ahead? Yeah, yeah. Olivia asks, do you think black people are too reliant on white people for change? Do you think black people fully understand that by voting, they can make a change? By voting, we could put the right people in power to break the systematic racism that is evident still to this day. Yes and yes. Nay, what you think? <laughs> um, no, that's that's a really good question that we we talked a lot about yesterday. You know, um, Asia and Desi and Ted and me and Sydney. You you have to know that you're you have so much power in your vote because otherwise, where why would they stop us from voting? You know, you got to think about that kind of stuff. You got to pay attention to policies. Um, and you have to you have to make sure that the policies align with your views. So I think it's really important that you do vote. And I don't know if we, I mean, 
in a way, I do feel like we are a little more reliant on white people because they have the power right now. Unfortunately, we do kind of have to rely on them at some at some point. So, I mean, that's how I feel personally. What about anybody else? Taylor? Nah, pretty much, yeah. Oh, sorry, y'all. I'm trying to unmute myself. You good. Um, so, yeah, going with the voting, I, I, we talked about voting. I feel like that is so important. I really hate when people say that their vote does not matter, that it does not count. Like, that is going to be a pivotal, pivotal moment for a lot of situations. And I'm not just talking about the national vote with the Trump and the Biden. I'm talking about your local reps, your judges, the people in your school board. Like, that is going to be essential for not just uh, us relying on black people, but also like like white people as a whole. Like those systems, we need to be sure that our vote counts. I think I think there's a little bit of nuance to the issue because asking black people to trust in voting, and I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say that I do believe that a vote is powerful, but asking people, black people especially, to vote is asking us to... Guess what? Black people aren't suppressed. You guys are just idiots. Is, who who yeah. said that? Let's just hold on a second. <laughs> Let's just Black people that. aren't suppressed, dude. George Floyd was a resistant. Oh, okay. that's unfortunate. Okay. That, was, that was obvious, man. I thought we were going to have some fun. Lime. I did, too. I knew it. I knew it. I yeah, have some. You see, you see how much power we have, y'all? Because <laughs> then we get hacked. Because... <laughs> That was quick. That was fine. I'm ready to fly their ass up, bro. Look, I go through this shit on Call of Duty. Yo. Like, we do this on Call of Duty all the time. I knew it was coming. I was was about to call on John. John looked like... John John popped up out of nowhere. I got Adam in the waiting room. I got Blake in the waiting room. I got Andrew in the waiting room. Hold on on a second. Hold on a second. So y'all know because we're going to make this a podcast too. Um, We're doing this via Zoom and anybody can can join. So we had some people in here that wanted to voice their opinions, um, which is kind of trolling. But if they had something insightful to say, we would let them speak. But you already see what happens when black people galvanize. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, that, that young white, young whites. See, that this is why the campaign. Y'all got to get with me on this. Uh, Rebel white. Rebel white. Oh. Rebel white. Y'all, I, <laughs> I have Adam, Carl, John, James, Jacob, Roberts. Um, John Jacob. Oh my God. John Jacob, Jingle Hungersman. Like that. Hey, look. I say you. I say you pick two of them. Let just just let two in. Okay, I'm going with. I'm going. Let's take some callers. Let's take some. <laughs> there we go, Nate. Let's this is the finale. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let me. I'm going to add them in, and I'm going to say. Just just one at a time, though. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna take John James. Here we go. John James. Up next. Uh, you better have his video up. Oh, oh please don't look like John, because John scared me. Hello, caller. John James, how you doing, sir? Hmm. Okay. 
Okay, let's go to the next call. En el piso. Let's go ahead. Cuando ya mueve la chapa, el piso lo trapea. Trapea, 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 trapea. Cuando ya mueve la... Okay. Got a little eye. Next. Next, next caller. Next caller, please. Their name says Louis BLM, and I feel like it might be a facade. So I'm just going to bring them in. As Desi, Desi T, can we remove John James? Yeah, uh, let's remove John James with the twerking uh, ass cheeks. <laughs> That's crazy. Literally okay, anybody. So yes. Coming in, he has the BLM and a, and a fist. So let's see if he's huh? legit. So let's invite him and welcome on. Damn, season finale. Welcome to the season finale. Louis, how you doing? Would you like to join us? Mm. Mm. No? Oh, connecting to audio. Hold on. Oh, okay. Lewis, can you hear us? What's up, niggers? Oh, that's Ah, uh, we do it. Classic! Next caller! It was perfect. It was perfect. Oh, God. We already knew that was coming. We knew that was coming. Ask your sister how my dick tastes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Lewis is distracting us from talking positivity over here. Right, right. So, did you have something very insightful that you wanted to say? George Floyd deserved to die. He was resisting arrest. Oh, okay. Thanks, Lewis. All right. Thank you, sir. All right. All right. So, Desi, what we'll do is we'll ask them if they have something insightful to say. If they don't, just have the remove button ready so we can go ahead and go to our next person. All right. That was hilarious. So, y'all got it. Look, don't This is like yeah, Xbox yeah, Live, yeah, literally. Is, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. it's literally like Xbox Live. You just literally go through this on 2K on Call of Duty. Like, don't this let them rile you up, though. Like, yeah, you're right. That's what I was going to say. Okay, I'm going to bring in Christina, a girl. Okay. Is it? Because <laughs> Nayla was, <laughs> wasn't a girl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still this is the season finale. This is wild. Christina, Christina. You're, on the, you're on with the rap hippies. What do you have insightful to say? Connected to audio. Oh, she's out. Not much. Okay. Um, I'm bringing in um, Mason. What an experience, guys. This is crazy. <laughs> Mason, how you doing, sir? Welcome to the rap hippies. Keep that same energy. Yeah. You got a question? You got something insightful you want to like to share? Um, no, I'm not really. I'm good right now. Okay. You good right now? You just want to listen? Just tuning in? Yeah, for sure, man. Cool. Right. Okay. Hi, so Mason. Mason, where are you? Mason. Uh, I live in Tampa Bay, Florida. Oh, okay. Welcome. All right, so I'm going to put you back on mute, Mason, so we can go ahead and get back to our scheduled program. But thank you for joining. Yeah. Um, yeah all right. All right, Mason can stay. Oh, yeah, oh. Mango sauce. What? How you doing there, mango sauce? You have something insightful to, uh, to share with the rat hippies? Mango sauce is Okay. I have no more in the waiting room, guys, but that was quite interesting. Perfect. Well, we're going to go ahead and keep this show rolling. For those who are just now tuning in, man, it is the Rap Hippies. This is our Keep That Same Energy 
Self-Awareness Week. I'm your host, C to the J, with my co-host, my brother, AJ. What's up? We got any more questions for the people, AJ, before we get up out of here? You are actually fresh out of questions, so. Wait, did there, there are some in the chat. I don't know if you guys read the last few. We, we read those already. Yeah, okay. we, oh, no, no. Somebody asked, do black people have power? Yes. Mm -hmm. I, I think we realize it's just a matter of how we use it. Yes, we do. I think we have the most power in the world. No hyperbole. You go to Asia, Thanks. people are rapping. They're wearing Air Jordan 1s. The white people that made fun of my dark skin want to be me. People get ass fillers. People get lip fillers. People want to look like us. We have a command on cool. Cool is the most powerful thing. We are the most powerful people on the planet. We have the most buying power in America. We only make up 13%. We are make the most influential music. We make the most influential media. We are the most powerful people. Let me ask you this, Asia. Let me ask you this. Do you feel like we have the right kind of power? I think, I think any power is good power. We need to learn how to use it, how to wield it. We need to you know, monitor who comes in and out of our culture as it gets bigger. We need to monitor, like, monitor whose voices we amplify. But if we do it right, we, we are the most powerful people on the planet. We have to stop being so divisive first. We have to legit come together so we can use that power because we need to fight about skin tone. Colorism is still alive and well. So I think until we can access that power, we have to first attack the problems that we have within our own community. To, to piggyback off of you, Ned, that's a really good point. And I, like, I guess this is like my final word for tonight. And if anybody else wants to share, please do. But if I feel like one of the biggest problems that we have as a community is that we lack as a community. We, we are so separate. Like we can never get together on one thing because if you, we could, like we would shut this whole world down. But we have such a, we have such a problem like being banned as a community. I mean, we do to a certain extent, but we don't, we don't click the way we should. And it's unfortunate because if we do, it's almost like when you're, um, what do they say? You use like 8% of your brain or something like that. <clears throat> Some low percentage. Imagine if you use a hundred percent of your brain, imagine what you could do. Imagine hundred percent of us because like it or not, like way more than we do, white people stick together. White people stick together. Hey. like a couple of things in their community, but they're a pack. I don't think we're a pack enough. I think we're a whole, we're a community of individuals and we need to stop that. I agree. I just I agree. talking to me about, about stigmas. Um, I see a lot of just like black men and black women attacking each other for let's say black men not protecting black women. That's a big thing on Twitter and in the world. Um, so just like the colorism thing is just a stigma that we're kind of in. Like, Black men, you know, don't be there to help us. Even though we know black men who do step up and do what they need to do. It's just the stigma of all of us. We need to get out of that as black people. I don't walk up to a black man and be like, oh, you know, he's not a good father. He, you know what I'm saying? I, I go into it like very, very positive. This man is smart, educated, and we got to just see black men better, even as black women. Sometimes we don't do that. 
Desi T, you got any last words? Um, no, I agree. I just want us to really, yes, we are a community, but like legit form one. I want us to come together for real and make powerful moves and really, it's happening. I'm not going, you know, the time that we're in now, this shit is happening. It may take a little bit. It's going to take some more time. We're still trying to get ourselves acclimated to really, really making this change. Things like this, as far as what we're doing, you know, Black Lives Matter, the movement, um, everybody is buying black and doing things like that. Like we are coming together. Um, it's not going to happen overnight, but I do like what I'm seeing um, as far as things like this. And I know we're not the only ones keeping that same energy. So um, I 100% do agree with Kyle, though. I just want us to stop thinking so individually and really think about, you know, our community, our future, our children and, and things of that nature so that we can keep striving and we don't have to continue to do this because this is the pain that we're going through. I don't think I don't at least I don't want my children to have to go through this and see this shit all over again. And I don't want history to repeat itself. Like, you know, that is a known thing. But I think this year 2020 has really opened our eyes to really make a change in general. But um, as we're doing right now with the rap hippies is keeping that same energy. And hopefully this is something that we can continue to do um, every other month or so just so that we can keep this conversation going when we know it is slowed down that it is our responsibility as a team who cares about our people ourselves our future our children um, to keep talking about it in every which way that we can. Real quick Bishop any last words real quick. Um. Pick up a ballad and a bullet, use both and strategize. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. All right. Well, with that being said, I mean, she. That's the name of the episode. <laughs> you know, um, we want to say appreciate everybody joining us tonight, man. Appreciate my co-host, AJ. Appreciate all our rap hippies here for our panel discussion. We are back tomorrow with Keep That Same Energy. Self-Awareness Week. We are talking black businesses tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. So make sure you tune in. We got Zoom or IG tomorrow? IG. IG. On our IG, make sure you go to our website, raphippies.com. Get you some merch, all of that. See some of our content that we have on there, the write-ups, um, all of that fun stuff. With that being said, I'm signing out. My name is C to the J. What's up, Desi? Um, because this is going on the podcast, make sure you guys continue to follow us on Spotify, Apple Music, SoundCloud, where you can hear this. This is a season finale. There was some real shit that happened today. There was a real conversation. We had some people that tried to be imposters and come in and, and crash our conversation, but we did not know that was going to happen, but you know, makes for a great season finale. Oh, here for it. I don't know. We kind of did. When, after I saw John pop up, I knew. Yeah. Oh, I thought John was just... I can, hey, and I don't know if anybody peeped it. He came in and he was just there from it, right? Everybody he was just like, staring. He looked like a worm. Everybody <laughs> watching his video, but I don't know if anybody noticed. He, had, he was muted for a minute and he unmuted. I'm like, what's up, John? He did. You coming? He did. He did. No, he popped yeah. up. I didn't know what to do. I was trying to say, <laughs> I, 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 Good stuff. This is going up on YouTube, John. Hope your parents can Nah, but man, appreciate everybody tuning in. Hickman. Olivia, Delina, appreciate y'all rocking with us for this whole time, for this conversation. Um, again, follow us on, on IG, The Rap Hippies. Um, make sure you hit the website as well. 
I'm C to the J. Got my brother. AJ. And uh, look, we out. Appreciate everybody. Peace. Keep that Peace. same energy. Love, y'all. Stay safe. You too. Oh.